When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I'm excited to be joined by my not-so-regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Not-so-regular now. I know. It's a shame. I want it to be regular. I know. Don't we all want to be regular? Ask my bowels, you know? Yeah. Ask my bowels. (laughs) Regardless, are you two ready to talk about (laughs) magic? Are you two ready to talk about magical keytars and fried chicken? (laughs) Yeah, good journey. <laughs> um, that very well might be the most confusing intro I've ever done. Uh, for most of the listening audience, you're not going to understand <laughs> a word of that. But let me clarify. This episode is all about Masters of the Universe. No, we're not talking about the toys. No, we're not even talking about the recent run of animated series or the classic 80s series. No, we're not even talking about the live action Netflix movie that will someday be made. We're here to discuss the 35th anniversary of the 1987 classic live-action adaptation, Masters of the Universe. Why are we talking about it? Well, as mentioned, it's the 35th anniversary, and, well, because it fucking rules, and it should be a cult classic (laughs) that everyone watches with their friends if they don't already. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. uh, We're going to have a lot to talk about. This could either be our longest podcast or our shortest. I'm not sure. (laughs) It, it depends on how much you piss me off, Brian. Yeah. This <laughs> one might end up, you know, with me throwing the microphone at the wall. <laughs> All right. After we get done talking about Masters of the Universe, we're going to try to save some time if we're not throwing microphones against the wall to talk about a few other of the 80s and 90s live action adaptations of popular kids toys and whatnot. Uh, for those that weren't around and uh, at that time, all you young Gen Zers. It was a time before everyone was spoiled with the glut of these genre pictures with big budgets, back when we got excited to see Dolph Lundgren bare-chested and fighting Frank Langella. Hell yes. But before we indulge our nostalgic brains, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, before I get to the discussion, I'm going to try to set the stage for the people who haven't seen Masters of the Universe, because I assume that's most of it, most people, uh, at least yeah. judging by the box office and the lack of discussion. The year was 1987. Released in 1987. <laughs> Masters of the Universe stars Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, fresh from his role as Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. Frank Langella stars as Skeletor, the evil guy, uh, and Frank Langella <laughs> was Frank Langella at the time. Make no mistake. Meg yeah. Foster is evil Lynn more. So you just know Meg Foster because of her eyes and those eyes seared nightmares into my brain back when I was a wee <laughs> lad. Uh, but yeah, she's evil Lynn. And then Courtney Cox of all people as a teen, one of the Indeed. teens who helps he man yes. fight in 1980s America. Julie. Yeah. 
Julie! <laughs> yes, this is a film that takes the fantasy elements of He-Man and through portals and whatnot, puts these ridiculous characters smack dab in the middle of small town America in the 1980s. As you might imagine, hijinks ensue. <laughs> the film was directed by Gary Goddard, whose claim to fame previously was as the guy who directed a lot of video packages that would be played during theme park rides, such as the T2 ride, Jurassic Park, and other attractions. You probably won't be surprised to know that this was his final film. However, he was mentioned in around 2014 um, because he was associated with Brian Singer during the director's uh, allegations of sexual misconduct. Yeah, don't go. Um, so, so, so maybe not a great guy. So we're not going to talk about Gary Goddard very much. Just know that this was kind of his one and done situation. Uh, the film carried a pretty hefty budget at the time, 22 million, but earned just over 17 million at the box office making it a huge, spectacular bomb. So, 35 years later, people have mostly forgotten about this movie, except the three of us. Um, it so, has its fans. It does, but this it does, is... Yes. We're not talking cult classic along the same lines as, as some other 80s movies that have kind of had kind of a resurgence. This is a movie that, if you know, you know, sort of thing. Sure. So, I want to start with Mike. Yeah, I know this film holds a special place in your heart, so I'm going to yeah. leave it to you to explain why people should care about this movie and uh, why most people think it's a terrible bomb, but you love it. <laughs> I cannot be in any way objective about this film just because it has been a comfort movie for me since I was like three years old. Mm -hmm. So it's been literally programmed into my brain as uh, like a seminal film, which like it or not, it just it's just a classic for me so it's i like to call it the best worst movie ever made as i've referred to it before with you and i stand by that it's it's not good i can see that it is not good i rewatched it today there are things about it that are just ridiculous the plot being one of them i mean it stars I would Dolph say there Lundgren. are more things about this that are ridiculous than not ridiculous. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And <laughs> that's kind of what makes it still amazing to this day. Uh, obviously, Dolph Lundgren is He-Man, not Prince Adam, just He-Man. Yep. Uh, Franklin Jell Skeletor, Courtney Cox Julie, all that stuff. Uh, and and it follows He-Man and his like Eternian Rebellion Squad, which is seemingly only three of his friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man-at-Arms, Gila. <laughs> And Gwildor, who just is Gwildor. We don't Gwildor. know where, where oh, yeah. Gwildor, Gwildor came from uh, other than that he's fucking fantastic. And they barely escape a Skeletor-led insurrection alive by fleeing with the Cosmic Key, which is this ridiculous... The magical keytar I referred to. Yes, uh, sure. I mean, it, it, it sends them to Earth, it, but uh, obviously it has to be lost on the journey, so they have something to look for. So E-Man and his friends have to track the key down which finds itself in the possession of Courtney Cox and her musician boyfriend. And he immediately is like, Oh, this is one of those like Chinese synthesizers or something like that. <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> Cause it plays <laughs> music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he's just, I just love how every time he presses a button, he's like, look at this. <laughs> I mean, so to sounds, be fair, it's true. Sounds like a, sounds to like be a fair, to be a 1987 teenager and to get this like super metal looking, like I'm surprised like it wasn't like 
you know, used for like heavy metal, like Metallica, Master of Puppets stuff, because it has like sharp <laughs> edges and it is crazy. I do love the sound. It's great. But, but it does. It plays like a synthesizer sound almost. It's Very crazy. much because they used a synthesizer. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they activate it. Skeletor's notified of their vacation and it ropes them into the battle, you know, to to reclaim the key and, and squash E-Man's rebellion or whatever it is. Uh, so I just love that it's, it's one part like Star Wars ripoff, like low budget Star Wars ripoff complete with like lasers, mystical abilities, furry beast men, and like fake stormtroopers. Yeah. 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 Uh, so all of that's there. And then there's also this like Terminator meets John Hughes movie in the middle of it with Courtney Cox and her boyfriend. Yeah. I keep getting, I kept getting like back to the future vibes too. For some Yeah, totally. Some of that there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I actually really like Courtney Cox in the movie. I like her boyfriend in the movie. Uh, Frank Langella, I don't know what this movie would be without him. But oh, he my God. Is, it would not be good. He's amazing. He's yeah, he really genuinely is. Uh, outstanding in the movie. Uh, I know he did it just for his kid, but he's still, like, even in interviews, you, you look at uh, interviews he's done and where he's mentioned this, he loved playing this character. Um, so it's kind of cool that he at least looks back on it. I know Dolph doesn't necessarily look back on it uh, with, with you know, happy memories or anything, but he barely knew English in the first place at the time, and it's kind of clear because his accent is literally all over the place, like just everywhere. Any yeah. any different line is a different accent, it seems like. Yeah. And, and, and keep in mind, he's coming off of like the show uh, scene-stealing role in Rocky Four. Yes, like I've been he driving. was poised to be like the next big thing, and this was like his big breakout. In which his big line was, "I must break you," mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. And then there's also like the the practical effects kind of stuff that, that is great for the '80s, like the Beastman stuff and, and all of like Skeletor's goons. I would even say Gwildor looks pretty good. Gwildor looks great. Uh, For those that don't know, as if the name wasn't obvious enough, Gwildor is like a little troll guy. Yes. Who and... loves fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that scene where they're sitting there eating the chicken and uh, Tila's trying to figure out why they put it on little white sticks and he has to explain <laughs> that it's bones. Yeah. She's just really put off by it and he's just sitting there going to town. Yeah. We gotta love Gwildor. But uh, yeah, it's it's just great. It's corny. It's severely undercut by budget issues uh which you know canon films was like a year or two away from folding at this point because yeah. like and this movie think, didn't help yeah this and superman 4 came out within like a month of each other yep so yeah oh, not true not great uh and then the sequel we're which, gonna get to that later yeah but i, I mean i love that it ultimately became canon's last release yeah like what that what the sequel became of it but you know i i i get that it disappointed he-man cartoon fans because it had like very little to do with the cartoon but that's due to the fact that they optioned this from mattel before the cartoon was really a hit and they didn't really have any filmation character rights so they're just kind of going for it and for that for what it is it's like this over the top super crazy uh barely holds together kind of adventure but i just there's an 80s charm to it that i just love okay before i throw it to brian i you you hit on something i wanted to rant about real quick which is (laughs) fan expectations yeah i don't think they existed 
I this is 1987. There wasn't this like rabid fan base for He-Man. It was big, but it was mostly kids like it should have been. There right. weren't there weren't very many 40-year-old dudes arguing in forums like you get nowadays about canon and you know, but oh. I know that's the reason that this movie really gets shit on is like, where's you know, this person or this person or why exactly they... it's like what what do you but that, about? this movie, like Marvel movies now, are mm-hmm. not made for those guys. And <laughs> And this movie is made for people like me and you who were kids at that time who loved the toys and just it got excited to see a huge larger than life dude playing He-Man fighting Skeletor. That was cool. That's all we needed. Sure. Looking back on it, the, the plot's fucking terrible. The, <laughs> the effects are shoddy. Even though at the time they weren't terrible, terrible. The practical effects are great, like you said. Mm-hmm. But who cares about canon when it comes to... They were uh, barely able to stay in Eternia because of budget. Yeah, but who cares about yeah. any of that, right? Like, Yeah, it it's, works. It's so silly to, to be a dude of a certain age. And I'm, I'm just saying dude. I know there are probably women who are into He-Man too. But, you know, I got to assume it's mostly old men like me who look back on this movie and, and will dare critique it for being anything more than what it is, which is a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right. End of my rant, Brian. Well, you, you come at this at a very different, uh, did you, angle. Had, had you, did you watch this when you were a kid? No, I was going to ask you guys that. Like, did you guys watch like even, I mean, we all probably would have been pretty young when the movie came out, but did you guys watch the filmation? I think, um, cartoon or were how familiar yes. were you guys before you saw the movie like with with he-man i mean i'm, I'm not able to to parse together the timeline exactly yeah. but i was a huge fan of he-man the cartoon okay. i had i had the castle gray skull i had all the toys oh, you, so oh, you, when, were, you were cool yeah dude i was all in on he-man it was it was he-man and transformers more than anything for me we've talked about my love of he-man or transformers before but yes uh yeah so when this movie came out I was way too young to probably watch it. I don't know. Was yeah, this PG or PG-13? It's like this and Monster Squad I watched I, probably within the same year. Oh. And I was way too young. Way, but, way, way too young. I probably, I was telling Mike about this uh, before we recorded. I probably saw this movie as a child a hundred or more times. Really? Um, oh, same. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, then I'll just start off by saying that I, I know I've seen this movie at the wrong time in my life as a, as a, newly 40 year old um <laughs> happy belated so by this the way. was the Thank first you. time you'd seen it yes all, wow. I, I, i've seen i mean i know i've seen actually this is kind of funny because um when i was a kid my family came into possession of a betamax uh yeah. player with a huge selection of of films that were, i think had been taped off of television or something master of the universe was one of them but it was always the movie that I would fast forward through because that tape also contained an American Werewolf in London, which I was more interested in. Wait, 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 wait. You, I, American Werewolf in London is great. Yes. Um, we have to talk about maybe that further down the line at agreed, some point. Agreed. But you would skip over this as a kid to watch American Werewolf in London? Just like I skipped over Spies <laughs> Like Us to watch Ghostbusters, yes. Well, that makes I mean, more that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Total sense. <laughs> this had a skeleton man Same fighting thing. a muscly dude with swords. And I you're know. like, I'd rather watch. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, a werewolf is cool. but Here's the thing. Like, I always thought, even as a kid um, and, and going into adulthood, I always thought the just the, 
the name sounded cool masters of the universe like as a kid like what is what is that but it just was never quite enough to get me to like delve any further and again this is like you know as we, we, this is pre pre-internet where i i just had no idea when the he-man cartoon was on or when we went to the you know whatever video store was around at the time i it just never it never occurred to me like maybe i should see what this master of the universe was about it's either i think i'll read back to the future for the five millionth time or <laughs> something like that you know it was that was my comfort food this was just the thing that i there's just there's just not not quite enough there now having seen it yes right out of the gate that i i i really had a tough time with this i'm not i will not <laughs> Not say that it's a terrible movie. That's not, I'm not going to go so far as to that because again, I just have seen this. I know I'm seeing this at the wrong time. And there are plenty of things about it that I enjoyed. You said Frank Langella. That was the first thing I was going to point out was, was how good, uh, how, how much I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him as much as I enjoyed the only saving grace from the Street Fighter movie, uh, which was Raul Julia, um, oh, which boy. contained another, another post credit scene that was eerily similar to this one. Yeah. Um, that was but, kind of the post credit scene du jour at the time, right? Absolutely. To set up um, a sequel. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought the score, which I had to look yes, it up, but Bill what Conti. I saw, Bill Conti, holy shit, he killed it. That was Nailed a great it. score. At um, any time in my life, I can recall this score and it brings <laughs> me great joy. It's, it's just it was so there. awesome. I, I will in. be listening to that again. Um, but there's just like a lot of like, it's a weird soup. I mean, the earth stuff <laughs> is weird. weird. Like the, the aesthetic, it kind of reminded me of like, there's scenes in like, in weird science towards the end where it gets, there's that big party scene at the end. And, <laughs> and they're like, and all those like weird, like, like, like space biker people show up. I kind of <laughs> got like weird comparison vibes to that. The acting is like, other than Langella, which again, like he is he trying? He is trying, right? He's really oh yeah, he's right. he, well. So here's what he's doing. He knows what type of movie he's in. Everybody else, yeah. not so much. Okay, because yeah. yeah, he I was. He's also inserting like him. Macbeth lines and shit like that. He's <laughs> fucking great. He's yeah, he is great. But yeah, that that accent is is unforgivable. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. It's just it's pretty inconsistent. Um, I would say and. Um, I just, that, that is a regret though. I just regret not having seen it when I was, well, man, how about I'm James Tolkien, his detective uh, Lubick? I, again, like I, him and, uh, well, I had to look him up too. Billy Barty as, yeah, as Billy Barty. Oh, uh, God rest his soul. Um, <laughs> I, is I he dead? I, uh, I believe Barty is, is no longer with us. Okay. I'm looking looking right now but yeah, let's not let's not god rest his soul until we that would be hilarious oh yeah he is okay Billy Barty, uh, um yeah i i don't know i, I other than other than uh frank langella i i was not i just was not a fan <laughs> not a fan of anybody else but um, yeah here's the thing Cody though Cox you, didn't get you as julie winston no so, so mike <laughs> you you do need to pump the brakes on the courtney cox thing because i think she's fantastic fantastic isn't the word i would use um as somebody with great reverence for this movie uh she's not great this is the era of like the bruce springsteen era of courtney cox 
Yeah, it is. Where, <laughs> what does that mean? That was no, weird. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, she was <laughs> far away from her friend's persona. This right. was, uh, she was just kind of the the panicky girlfriend yeah, that is always in an 80s panic, movie. Yeah. And you know what? Really quick, I think the ending of this movie is great. Actually, I'm going to say like the final, like, send 10 us minutes back. Or so yeah, are, yeah. are just fine. Um, are just fine. Yeah. It, but God, I'm just thinking back here, like the big, the big fights, you know, the, the, the final fight between He Man and, and Skeletor is just like the choreography it gets weird. is like, it's weird. It was, yeah, it was a reshoot. Yeah. Because they had, they, they like cut off their budget and then they had to go. Oh, back is that what it was? Oh. Sometime later. And then just kind of get it, get that. And that wasn't even Frank Langella. It was some, you know, stunt guy, obviously. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It, so the, as far as the fights go, uh, Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> I don't think he touched a sword before started filming this. Um, I'm you not would never tell. Yeah. I think you can. The man has the power. <laughs> he's, he's not great with the sword. Um, <laughs> it looks entirely Shit. too heavy. Like yeah. <laughs> it looks like they built him a real solid lead sword. And this man is using every muscle in his arms and back just to lift yeah, it up. Him and poor blade uh, are really just wielding these 100 pound swords around. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It, it, and so what you get is you, you get these fight scenes that look almost in slow-mo sometimes but it's just <laughs> these huge hulking men trying their hardest to make it look cool and it's just it's like okay but then you get like laser fights like you said mike and those are kind of fun right yeah and man at arms he's got some good one-liners in there yeah i have some good chemistry i like i like tila she's mm-hmm. she's kind of the the yeah. unsung hero of this movie <laughs> yeah her yeah. detective lubick i mean there's so many good characters see you take my compliment and then you take it to a place where i kind of lose you you don't like lubick he's <laughs> the mean, classic james tolkien character yeah but it's i mean if you've seen any movie he's been in you've seen this character it's it's fine uh, who, really quick who owns the rights to to him as that mattel i think netflix right? now i don't oh, know netflix that netflix does. owns the rights but they've oh. licensed it because right. i know they, that they're all in on on he-man and they're making the live action movie like who was mm-hmm. calling the shots at that time like who was like it was mattel it was mattel. well okay. so it was licensed by canon um from mattel mattel as you might guess, being that they're a toy manufacturer, didn't have a lot of movie making experience. <laughs> so it's not like they were kind of, you know, like set in the tone. And there wasn't a lot of creative do. yeah, freedom here. No. And yeah. so, it, yeah, I mean, the movie suffered because of that. But like Mike said, there's plenty of, uh, you know, uh, riffing that goes on in this movie that isn't in the cartoons. Um, the stormtroopers, for instance, aren't in the cartoons. Um <laughs> The well, like he man looks completely unpopulated outside yeah. of He Man and his three buddies. <laughs> but like He Man himself, the character is only referenced as He Man. Yes, and he's not Prince Adam. He's not Prince that's Adam. The, that's the cartoon. That's the cartoon. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like those are things where they're like, oh, we'll just you know, you know, he's He Man. You know, yeah, exactly. Fuck it, he's yeah. He Man. So there were there were some definite liberties taken with the source material, and that's great, uh, you know, because I think if you tried to bog this down with like lore, uh, the the movie would just suffer because of it, because 
it would have taken away scenes like the chicken scene, like all the, <laughs> you know, the, the Chinese synthesizer stuff. And, you yeah. know, it would have just, it would have detracted from what makes this movie kind of charming. Mm-hmm. I completely would, agree. Who would have been a better director for this? Uh, uh, not, anybody? Of the, of I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know that the... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't I mean, the direction that saved the movie. No, I mean, you could have had, I mean, if we had our druthers, like somebody like Spielberg could have made this awesome, right? But like hmm. nobody was touching it. Nobody with any sort of uh, cachet is touching this movie with a 10-foot pole in 1987. I wonder yeah. why. Like, because it's not like it was unpopular, right? Well, like, it was I'm- because it was like uncharted territory. Like I was saying, this was a time in the 80s where, you know, these movies weren't, a dime a dozen they were big risks and yeah. and really you had yeah. superman was kind of the the only one that really took off in any sort of major way and everyone that tried to mimic that superman remember let's look at supergirl even mm. um all those yeah. movies i believe that was also a canon film yeah those was movies really oh wow <laughs> these they tried to to straddle that line between appealing to children and and making a legit uh sincere movie and it was tough so people like Spielberg, people, you know, of that era, Landis, all those people, they weren't going near this movie because they're like, that's kid shit, first off. <laughs> and they understood the the restrictions with the budget because, remember, we didn't have the technology that we do now. So you can't do this stuff relatively cheap. And technic- technically, the movie probably shouldn't have existed because you couldn't make <laughs> Eternia look like Eternia. True. Um, you know, it was... So smarter directors went away. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't say yes to movies like this. But I think now is a, a great time to do a Masters of the Universe movie because there's a lot of movies that have shown you that you can do something like this right. It's just a matter of who who can make that. Here's my problem with yeah. with a current current Masters of the Universe live action thing. I I want to see it just because I have you know nostalgia brain sometimes. But also you look at like the new trailer for Dungeons and Dragons, right? (laughs) And you look at what (laughs) they do with the movie. And I could have, I could have predicted every line of that trailer because it's like, that's the kind of, that's what they do nowadays. They take these things, they poke fun of it in kind of a, you know, tongue in cheek way and almost make like a parody uh, sort of situation around it. I don't want that with Masters of the Universe. I think the charm of this movie is that they take it completely seriously. The jokes are not ever really at the expense of the characters. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I don't think that should be the case either. Yeah. That's true, actually. And that's, I think, I went into it thinking this is going to be like super, super hokey. But then when I, but then when I saw, then when I saw what they were doing, like, oh, okay, well, actually, they are trying to bring some level of gravitas to this. Uh, then I started to, my interest started to wane, but you're right. Like, yeah, this shouldn't, you're right. This should not be something that is, is, you know, joked around about, right? Don't make it. Yeah, don't make a He-Man movie. If you're going to do the, the corny low hanging fruit jokes, like, oh, your name's He-Man. Oh, yeah. masters. Yeah. Don't get Taika in here to. Yeah, to that's this. not, yeah. that's not what this needs. And I, I assume that Netflix is probably going to go down that route because that's what people like nowadays. Yeah. Um, super cynical, super satirical. And I just, I'm not here for that. Um, yeah. And, and so when I watched like the new Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons trailer, did you guys see that one as well? I did. Yes. I okay. thought it, you know, I'm not completely turned off from it. I, I'm not either. Yeah. I, I actually like D and D. 
um because i'm i'm that nerd but <laughs> uh you know i look at that and i'm like well come on guys do they need to talk like 2022 chris pine like uh, anyway true. so <laughs> as much as i i'm interested in a live action update of this i'm also kind of dreading it because i kind of can tell you what it's going to be already i did not have a bad time watching this it's not bad it's just it was just it was like when your grass gets a little too long, like, okay, I know it needs to get done. It's not going to be the best, but I'll get it done. I'll, I'll get her done. It may take a while. I, I don't it like your analogy here. I don't like it at all. So uh, in our, in, in my very modest research before this episode, uh, I, I did read something that, that I thought was pretty interesting as a comic book nerd. Uh-huh. The director claimed that this film was inspired by like Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom comics and a little bit of Thor mixed in. Yeah, he really liked Jack oh. Kirby. And he loved Jack yeah. Kirby. And then at the time, apparently, comic book artists like John Byrne were saying that this is basically a New Gods movie that was reskinned as He-Man. And, mm-hmm. and I never thought about that until today when I read that. And I was like, oh, my God, that's completely true uh, with Skeletor being dark side and, and all that. Uh, yeah when you when you look at it that way also it's kind of like oh that's kind of cool that they were were actually trying this they they knew what they were doing and were maybe limited by uh talent and or budget so let's talk about the sequel because there is no sequel however at the (laughs) end of this movie skeletor's you know kind of teased as coming back and uh, this was because canon was so sure they had a hit on their hands that they wanted to plant the seeds for a sequel. And they actually had one written. Yes, it, uh, it was called Masters of the Universe 2, colon, Cyborg. Because Cyborg. why not? Um, it sounds like a Brian Farber movie. And, it, and it really does. So this is this is kind of the, the Wikipedia of it, which is it would have followed He-Man who returned to Earth to battle Skeletor, who had left <laughs> Earth as a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um, it would have introduced film uh, characters Trapjaw and She-Ra, and they were going to replace Dolph Lundgren with uh, Laird Hamilton, the pro surfer. And they were going to have Which would have been a disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. He-Man would have returned to Earth disguised as a professional quarterback, a la the Flash Gordon movie. Oh, yeah. So that that and the budget was going to be like four, four and a half million. million. Yeah. So, so this one was like 20 something. Can you imagine what it would look like for four million back then? Right. It It was going to be a disaster. Here's what saved it. Um, The project was abandoned because Canon couldn't pay Mattel (laughs) the fee to license it. So the movie was kind of a non-starter. So they already made costumes and sets for this movie because that's how confident they were it was going to get made. And they ended up using it for the film Cyborg. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Which I've never seen, by the way. It's not good. I would, I would guess so. Yeah, this was post uh, uh, Bloodsport Jean-Claude at the height of his powers. And yeah, it was not good. Wait a minute. I'm looking at this Laird Hamilton gentleman, and he looks like he would be an excellent He-Man. Hey, don't get this... fan cast brain where it's like, yeah, hey, look, look at this Fan casting is nothing. He's a pro surfer with no acting experience. You're like I, all the fans who are trying to fan cast CW actors into major roles. Oh, yeah. True. Grant Gustin's the Flash, guys. <laughs> like Jensen Ackles like... can do everything. <laughs> the oh, voice God. is my favorite. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, Laird Hamilton would have been a disaster way worse than Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, 
for sure. Who I yes, it, let's let's talk about Dolph Lundgren just for a second. We'll relitigate. Yeah. yeah, his accent's all over the place. No, he was probably the wrong choice for this movie, but he he does try. <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> and and he he really does kind of look like he man when he's swinging that sword around. So walking you know, around with his underwear and his leather straps. One quote I did read is he uh, talked about the worst part of filming the movie was spending something like 54 straight nights filming in his uh, in his underwear, basically. And it was super cold, which got a feel for the guy. I do love that scene where Courtney Cox is running away from all the beasts that have chased her and started burning down the school. <laughs> and up comes He-Man looking like a God knows what, a guy in his, a guy in his underwear. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just say that. And he just she just immediately trusts him it's yeah just like, oh yeah true and that's i can, I can see the outline of your no, penis i guess no i'll problem. go with you well and see and that's why the modern movie would suck because <laughs> she would have looked up and said oh i can see the outline of your penis <laughs> and you would have been like oh god like at some point you just have to accept that this is a guy who dresses ridiculously or put him in his prince adam outfit or whatever you know there are ways around it but yeah i just don't need that Okay, so you don't want an outline of your penis line in the new movie. Got it. Okay. I just okay. don't need the joke, man. I just, I, <laughs> it's such low hanging fruit. Like we're past Literally. that, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come on. Yep. <laughs> really right. quick, I'm, I'm looking up Trapjaw. This seems like a very interesting character. Very <laughs> there were a lot of characters that were cool looking, but they had zero budget. So they were like, Matt yeah. at Arms, he's just a dude. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and let's not. Uh, forget that this is based on a kid's toy line where yes. so yeah. when you see trap john you're like oh he's cool and then you read his backstory and you're like well that doesn't make a lick of sense <laughs> I mean, because these guys make toys make they don't write stories yeah he looks like a mega man villain this is i'm sorry i'm just i'm down the trap jaw rabbit hole right you're now. not wrong <laughs> no. no again making toys not movies trap jaw would have been cool to look at but probably not a great character in a movie by the way, they really need to make a Mega Man movie. Can we just can we just agree on that? No. Yeah, okay, absolutely. fine. Am I the only person that doesn't like Mega Man? Oh, oh on, I just man. played it again last night. Oh man. Great stuff, right? Yes, yes Mega Man 2, the best. Mega Flash Man, Man stage, so good. All right, let's let's transition here and Before talk about Charles Mega gets, Man sure. You know, get up gets upset. No, no. Let's just transition to talk about other things. Uh whereas I, I hinted at it earlier. This was a time when these movies weren't made all that often. And when they were, they were just terrible. But there were some like notable exceptions here. Um, not of movies that were great, but just movies that were like big budget and were released theatrically in a lot of theaters. Uh, the biggest one is, uh, and I'm talking the era of the late 80s to mid 90s. Uh, the big one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's another toy line that was then transformed into a cartoon that was hugely popular and then transformed into a live action movie, which, you know, is kind of legendary now. Yeah, Uh, I mean, if you're our age, it was hugely, hugely formative. I mean, with three major movies, a live action uh, TV show spinoff, I think like there's a lot going on with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 90s. And yeah, uh, there was also... Uh, something we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, Super Mario Brothers. Um, they oh. tried doing the live action Super Mario. We um, all know how much I love Super Mario Brothers, the movie, guys. It, yeah. it, it's right up there with Masters of the Universe for me. I just love 
going back to the ridiculousness. Wait that- a minute. That's a good comparison. Dennis Hopper, I couldn't take my eyes off of in Mario Brothers, in Super Mario Brothers, just like Frank Langella. Yes. Yeah. Eating up the scenery in the best way. John Guantanamo um, is the Courtney Cox of Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you mentioned um, uh, Street Fighter was another one. Yeah. where it was one of those that you would get every so often and you'd be like, oh my God, they're making a Street Fighter movie. And then you watched it and, you know, the kids liked it because it was bright and colorful and silly, but everybody else was like, or at least looking back on it now, you're just like, oh, that was a hunk of garbage. Problem Double Dragon. <laughs> oh, Double Dragon was another, yeah. Double yeah. Dragon. So remember the uh, mid eighties is when Nintendo really started taking off in a big way. Um, so they were really trying to get these movies out. Um, Anything toy-based, anything uh, video games, uh, those were just like ripe for the picking. It's just unfortunately, the budgets weren't there. They couldn't, and and the technology, CGI was not really a thing. It didn't matter. You know, you look at Power Rangers, clearly low-budget shit uh, in every way. Even the movie is super low-budget, and it just, Mm -hmm. there's something about it that just grabs kids and... Mm -hmm. You know, even even nowadays, my kids, they've watched the new Power Rangers, but they prefer the old Power Rangers. They do. Oh, great. And they prefer that old Power Rangers movie. The first one that came out in like 95 or 94 or whatever. Was that was. Turbo or was that the second one? No, Turbo's absolutely awful and does not hold up. <laughs> <even> for kids. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. But yeah, but but it, like I was saying, what do you guys think of that that era of movies where we all grew up in it? where this is kind of we just we didn't get to be picky (laughs) we didn't have a million streaming services vying for our uh genre loving dollars this was like you take what you can get you want a spider-man movie you watch it where he's got like this rope coming out of his hands and he uh or they're lou ferrigno you know with with daredevil and thor showing up on that being the the biggest crossover of all time true yeah, and that was even kind of before our time, I think. But, but oh, yeah, that you. was. But I distinctly remember uh, Sci-Fi Channel in the '90s replaying the old Captain America movie, um, where his helmet was literally a motorcycle helmet. Oh, um, so stupid. And it, but there were there were cool things in it. Like I I, I do remember there, Red Skull looking think cool. I have a, a good good memory of that at all and i watched it a few times when i was a kid i liked it a lot i mean his shield was there and everything he rode like a little red white was there that is that is a prerequisite yeah he rode his little like red white and blue motorcycle and because he had a motorcycle helmet and he fought red skull and it was just it was the budgets couldn't match the ambition that's really what it what it came down to there that's for sure no no and then you had like the fantastic four film which is kind of infamous roger corman's attempt that was never released that you can you know watch if you just google it really it's all yeah last time i did i watched it on youtube i think it's still there yeah the not that we, not that we book, want you to to pirate things but yeah documentary and the book on that one are are unbelievable they are they are so good doomed is such a good documentary about i agree that movie. i agree um but then we had um but then there were outliers like i said teenage mutant Ninja Turtles is a huge hit the 1989 <laughs> batman movie was a massive hit um but really that was it like you just i remember this is how old i am and tell me if i'm the only one which i probably really old i remember i am the oldest one here but (laughs) i remember looking through like tv guide as a kid trying to find any sort of comic book toy tv 
like video game movie that I could find on any of the channels, you know? Absolutely. And it was just, You're there was nothing. And babysitting just to see the Thor parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, that's true. Huh. It was a, it was a weird time. And, and I'm constantly remembering that because now we're, you know, we're sitting here talking about the next four years of Marvel movies you know, ending in a secret wars movie. And we're like, and people are complaining, <laughs> including us sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you kind of have to like, you know, eight year old Charles is like sitting there going, you're such an asshole. Shut up. Yeah. You hated the new Dr. Strange movie. Well, I know got- I'm such an entitled prick. How many? Yeah. I, I have to say like, are we, are we coming at this from the perspective of like when those movies came out, there was like a sense of, mystery like how is this going to play out on the big screen and that's what made it exciting no like, it just was no. exciting they because they because it rare. was human yeah. yeah in a live action setting they made a cartoon into something real like, with real people yeah yeah I, I i still remember seeing the first trailer for for batman and that just being so mind-blowing like i can't believe what i'm seeing here like this that because up till that time what did we have just the the you know adam west thing so mm-hmm. that was all i had been watching at that point and then i see this like well okay now the the gloves are off was it like a throwing spaghetti against the wall sort of thing because because god <laughs> we we got some terrible movies like like yeah double dragon is awful but the turtles movie still looks great it's still the best i love the turtles, turtles movie, movie still yeah. i think i think what it so came good. to I think what it came out or it came down to is you had these companies that had no business making movies or being involved with movies like Hasbro or Mattel and um, uh, Marvel and Nintendo. And they would just line up with whatever studio would pitch them their grand idea. And when it was Marvel, Stan Lee was signing contracts with these no name companies back in the day to make terrible Marvel movies. Nintendo would sign on to make these like big budget movies, but they would like sacrifice the tone and the story to make Mario brothers, a live action hit. Um, And then you would have things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was kind of like this, this weird alchemy where it actually kind of synthesized into something great or masters of the universe, where even though it has its flaws, this is a movie that took the source material seriously and tried its best. And that's kind of all you could hope for. Not yeah. everything was going to be Batman, but not everything was going to be, um, you know, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four either. Which also has a very uh, interesting and watchable charm to it as well, even though it's absolutely horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. Right. It's a horrifying movie. <laughs> but nowadays, really <laughs> nowadays we look at Morbius and we're like, Morbius is, is trash. It should never exist. I hate yeah. it. Whereas, you know, that's, you know, got so much money, a huge studio, A-list actors. Sure, it's not great, but like that would have been something we would have never seen in the 80s or 90s. Oh, we would have watched Morbius 13 million times. Yeah. (laughs) Remember Batman, we look back at at Burton's Batman in retrospect is like, oh, it's fucking genius. But he was like taking Mr. Mom. And making a Batman movie, like what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it made it, no sense. It, it didn't make sense. No. Neither did Christopher Reeve as Superman either. But you know, sometimes they worked. Boy, do I, I miss agree. this. I oh, agree. Do I, I miss this so much. That so that many, time period was beautiful. Yeah, so many great movies from from that era mm-hmm. that would probably be considered absolute trash nowadays, and are considered absolute trash nowadays.
Right. And like, the thing is like, even the ones that were bad, I always remember like still feeling like a sense of, of excitement, like, like for street fighter, um, just getting, I, I remember following that one so closely, like, cause I was so into the game at the time and just like, Oh man, I can't, I cannot wait to see this. And the, the trailer came on. I'm like, yeah, this, this doesn't look like the way I hoped it would, but, but this is still like, Oh man, I can't wait. Like just every, they're every saying the thing they're doing the thing. Yes. Do you guys remember that? Who wants to go home and who wants to come with me? And I remember just like almost cheering, like, God, that was just. Uh, or, or Mortal Kombat. We, we talked about the old Mortal Kombat a long time ago, but like yes. that movie was terrible. Uh, I mean, it's whatever now, I guess, but yeah. it's pretty bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. But it, you know, they said like to get over here and stuff like that. Right. Like it said the thing that we wanted it to see or say. Maybe yeah. Just and then they did it in the new one. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Again, we're just we just turned into we just turned into cynical entitled assholes because we're we're spoiled. Well, movies are better nowadays. Well, not well, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, that's a sweeping generalization. But <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. say that. No. There are a lot of movies nowadays. And there's a lot of money being thrown at these movies. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's there's something there's something special about the the what whatever was going on in the 80s and 90s that produced things like masters of the universe that we'll just we, never ever see again we, we i think we might but it's going to be increasingly it's going to be by accident basically like it's something is going to to hit like i know that they're they're working on like a hot wheels movie like what is that going to be just a just a generic car racing movie you they'll never sign know. ryan reynolds you'll make it yeah, exactly and- exactly yeah, it'll. Yeah. I, hey, I never count anything out after seeing the Lego Movie or the Lego Batman Movie. That's a, that's like, a great, great comparison. Movies. Yes, those are great movies. Those are two very specific types of movies, though. Yes, they are. that's yeah. not to say like you know Battleship was great or had the potential to be great. We all knew that was going to be hot garbage. Uh, hold your tongue, Rihanna. <laughs> you like Battleship? Bitch, left the hell out of you, and <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. But no, there's just there's oh, just the same good. sameness to uh these types of movies nowadays when they're not handled by um studios that give a damn or know what they're doing so yes you know unfortunately the worst case scenario is never terrible in a laughable sense it's always just boring yeah Yeah. so it's it's like bloodshot yeah god i was thinking (laughs) about bloodshot the other day oh Oh, geez what a terrible movie um that was my last pre-pandemic movie. And I was going to say, that, that feels sucked. like it came was out 12 really? million years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was my pre-pandemic movie. Um, I, I think I wrote the review for the play. Yeah, I think we that. saw it together. Yeah, that was terrible. God. Anyway, we are, we are way <laughs> off course here. So um, I want to I give us one last chance to, to talk about Masters Universe. Anything you want to talk about that we didn't cover, Michael? Just that I know it's probably the craziest thing in the world to say this uh to netflix but consider sequelizing this movie instead <laughs> just think about it <laughs> we can that bring Corey back we can bring Dolph back it's, that ship uh, has sailed my friend uh, why <laughs> because they're doing uh let's see here i'm gonna have How to bring fantastic. it up real quick they're doing uh they hired the knee brothers who are kind of indie darling guys yeah, to do this movie. Yeah, I like who they got involved so far. I like They the were going to have cast. Noah. Noah Centineo was originally going to be involved, and he oh, left to be no, replaced. No, Kyle with, Allen now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, 
it's whatever. It's yeah. I I hope it's okay. Oh, I'm the, just saying you could have old man He Man. Oh, uh, like see a, that a would be cool. Yeah, that a, like, sounds interesting. Courtney Cox. Frank no, stop with the Courtney Cox. She's done. Why? We could bring her back. <laughs> bring her back. She's done, Julie. man. <laughs> Keep her in the Scream <laughs> franchise. <sighs> but you could do it. If you're going to connect it, connect it to this. Bring Gwildor in there. Bring Courtney back. I know her boyfriend's like a director now, but we, he could probably come back, you know? Yeah. Is he a director now? He is. Yeah, look him up. Oh, good. <laughs> good. I mean, I, I don't... I don't care to no offense to him <laughs> well, he was in other 80s movies too right like i'm not crazy to think he was i only really remember him from this oh okay well maybe i'm crazy anyway uh brian any <laughs> any final thoughts on on masters of the universe well i was just looking up to see if there was an old man he-man that someone <laughs> had done and there doesn't appear that there is that god i can't get that that's gonna live in my head for the next few days <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to just, I really feel that, that everybody should see this movie and I'm not seeing that like, Oh, you should see it because it's terrible. Just see it. And I, I think just try, try your, your damnedest to go into this with, with some sort of an open mind. Um, I, I, and I, I think that's what I tried to do. Had I gone into this with my arms folded, I would have just, you know, it, it would have been really an even worse experience, but as it was, it it was pretty rough. But we got through it. And, you know, we, we learned a little something in the process. So, <laughs> were, you, were you ever, like, bored during it? Why would you ask that question? Uh, because I don't think it's a boring movie. I think it's kind of fascinating. I don't think it's a boring it's a little, movie either, but you know, I could I, see people of a certain age being bored by this movie. Okay, I, I'll, I'll say this. I wasn't bored, but I did have to take breaks uh, every so often. <laughs> well, um, you do that with, like everything lately yes i do Um, how many times do we talk to you and you're like i'm still watching the gray man (laughs) for the fifth time oh i do that's did you ever get through the gray man brian yeah i did did. (laughs) chris you ready for the sequel and the spinoff uh is chris evans gonna be in it no it's a ryan gosling uh, vehicle Yeah, yeah but but we will get chris evans in some capacity correct just his mustache yeah it, it comes back from the grave and possesses someone else I, I love he was the Frank Langella of this film. So um of, of Gray Man. I love how that's just gonna be our touchstone now. That's oh, the, that guy, he was the Frank Langella of this yeah, movie. Or the, or the or the Courtney Cox of it. <laughs> um here's what I'll say about this movie to to wrap up my thoughts. Whenever you're sitting there and you're such a entitled prick complaining about ms marvel or moon knight or you know (laughs) fat girl getting canceled go back and watch yeah this is this is (laughs) charles charles of the future if you're listening go back and watch masters of the universe and remember what used to be and then it'll make you appreciate things it is the film equivalent of walking up the hill to school both ways into the snow (laughs) you know ah (laughs) back in my day we had Dolph Lundgren carrying a 9,000 pound sword. And we Lund- liked it, damn it. <laughs> we had a troll man talk about fried chicken. <laughs> I can't. I'm actually dizzy. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I, maybe I am saying that towards myself. And, and you can call me out 
uh, in future episodes, sure. if I sit there and I complain about Doctor Strange not looking right or something, you can be like, <laughs> Masters of the Universe. And I'll be like, oh, damn, you got me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's fucking awesome. I lied. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we need to do this more often. So let's let's talk about yes. another '80s thing soon enough. All right, guys. Have a good night, and we'll uh, we'll come back with more discussion and shenanigans soon enough. Pour one out journey. for Billy Barty. Good journey, guys. Good journey. <laughs> good journey. <laughs>